You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Satan cannot stand it when you praise the name of the Lord. I do this out loud. I will say and sometimes sing, even when I don't feel like it, but I will always make sure to sing or say the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Satan hates that. I praise you, Jesus. I give you all my worship, all the glory. Do your name, Jesus. How do you get Satan to flee? Praise the name of Jesus. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches that when you proclaim the name of Jesus out loud, the enemy flees. Satan can't stand it when you sing or speak praises to Jesus. When you feel attacked spiritually, worship Jesus and the enemy will have to leave. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 148 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. What do you think we're going to be doing for all eternity? We're going to be worshiping Him. We're going to be worshiping Him. And it's so pleasurable for Him, for His good pleasure. Okay, Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens, as we just had sung together. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded, and they were created. In other words, He just spoke them into existence. He spoke the word, and they were created. He also, verse 6, established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all the depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling His word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth, verse 11, and all peoples, princes, and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven, and He is exalted the horn of His people. The horn speaking of power. The praise of all His saints, of the children of Israel, a people near to Him. Praise the Lord. Again, the psalm ends the way it begins. But this is unique. 
It's an interesting psalm for a couple of reasons, chief of which is its conspicuous absence of any petition, any request whatsoever. G. Camel Morgan of this wrote, What a wonderful song this is. Look over it again and note the fact that there's no reference in it from first to last to the mercy or pity or compassion of God. And here's why. Interesting. Listen to this. But that is because there is no reference to evil in any form. Think about this. The Psalms, of which there are many, particularly the Psalms that David had penned, the sweet psalmist of Israel. He starts off crying out to the Lord, Lord, how long? Lord, have mercy on me. I, I soak my bed with my tears all night. I cannot sleep. And he goes through this, and I mean, he's crying out. Why? Because of the presence of evil, evildoers, false accusers, certainly much of what David suffered, he had brought upon himself as the consequence of his sin. But God was merciful to him. You know, when Nathan the prophet confronted him, here's a, about a year where he's trying to cover up his adultery with Bathsheba, and that that was his child. And when he couldn't get Uriah to try to, you know, come back from the battlefield to cover it up, when that plot, that plan, very cunning, didn't work. God wasn't going to let him get away with it. He has him murdered. And when the prophet Nathan presents him with this case to judge, little did David know that he was talking about him. And very interesting, he becomes incensed. And then the prophet Nathan says to him, David, you are that man. And then David just falls on his face and repents and cries out to God against you, Lord, and you alone have I sinned. And then Nathan the prophet says to him, God has forgiven your sin and has put away your sin. And you know what's really interesting about it? Yes, David would suffer the consequences of that sin, but he would never ever again repeat that sin all the days of his life. I would venture to say that if David had not gone through all that he went through, we would not have had these rich psalms that took us over a year <laughs> to get through, and how rich of a blessing they have been. But because there's no mention of any wickedness, any evildoer, so too is there no mention of any petition any request, any supplication. It is a psalm of pure praise, packed full of pure praise, so much so. I don't know if, if as you were following along as I read it, if you noticed this or not, but it was like the psalmist was struggling and calling imploring really all of creation, the whole of creation, to help him praise the Lord. 
the heavens, the earth, the, the whales in the sea and the depths of the sea and the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. Praise Him. Help me praise the Lord. Adam Clark wrote, Oh, what a hymn of praise is here. It is a universal chorus. All created nature have a share and all perform their respective parts. Now, I want to preface what I'm about to say by just, I guess, mentioning how you need to think this through with me because this really hit me. Do you realize that of all of God's creation, it is only man that has to choose of their own volition to praise the Lord? Let me say the same thing in a different way. All of God's creation praises Him, whether we realize it or not. Those birds that He created, they're, they're singing praises to the God that created them. But it's only man that has to choose of his own volition to praise the Lord. You know when Jesus was making what we affectionately refer to as the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, fulfilling huge major prophecy, and they were singing aloud, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed. And then all of a sudden, Here's those religious leaders again. Hey, tell them to stop doing that. And here's Jesus' response. He basically says to them, well, <laughs> I can tell them to stop, but if they did, the hills, the trees would clap their hands. The whole of creation would have to shout in their stead, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. All of creation, it is man only that has to choose to praise the Lord. Psalm 149 starts off the same way. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their Maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise His name with the dance. Now this, this might jam some, some people's gears. I think of David when they finally brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, where it belonged. And David is, I mean, you know, I can't wait to meet David in heaven. You know, these, these are real men and women in Scripture. They had personalities, they had temperaments, they had, you know, just, they were real people. And I pictured David as being a really passionate, excitable, animated, demonstrative. I mean, <laughs> he was an artist after all, you know how those artists are. Those musicians, you know how they are, right? And so he is so elated and just so excited, and he wants to praise the Lord. And so he takes off his kingly robe and starts dancing, dancing unto the Lord 
Unbeknownst to him, his wife, Michal, Saul's daughter. Very interesting. You know, this is the, the wife that Saul gave to David for slaying Goliath. There were two things that Saul promised to anybody that would defeat this uncircumcised Philistine. They would get his daughter in marriage, and they would not have to pay taxes for the rest of their life. I'll take number two behind what's door number two. <laughs> but Mikkel, as his wife, she was uh, actually, I think, very bitter. And she, unbeknownst to David, is watching him as he's dancing. I mean, he's just, he doesn't care what people think. He's dancing unto the Lord. He's lifting his voice and he is praising and singing and dancing to the Lord. And then he gets home and there's wifey. He walks in the door. He's just, he's still probably walking a foot off the ground. So excited, so, so just, I mean, full of joy. And his wife says to him, well, look at you. <laughs> Dancing like that in front of all the women. How embarrassed, you embarrass yourself. What were you thinking? Take off your kingly robe, become like the common man, and you start dancing like that, like a fool, like a clown? What's the matter with you? You're sleeping on the couch tonight. I mean, I'm sorry for the over-dramatizing, but that's basically what it was like. And David, I mean, his heart, of course, is sinking. And you know what happened as a result of that? God made it so that she would never have children. In the Middle Eastern culture, to be barren is seen as a curse from God, because children are a blessing, the fruit of the womb. In fact, when my wife and I, my parents were still alive at the time, huge Arab family on the mainland, and we couldn't have children. It took us 10 years. And there were those in my family that really, truly believed. I, I can't blame them. That's what they were brought up believing, is that there was a curse. And that's why she was barren. That's how it was seen. But David, we're told, never went into her anymore, probably never was with her ever again. And because of that, she was barren for the rest of her life because of what she did in her response to the zeal and the joy and the celebration and the praising of King David. So let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in His people. Again, there it is. Did you catch it? It is so pleasurable to Him. It is so pleasing to Him. When we praise Him, it pleases Him and it's good for us. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. <laughs> Let them sing aloud on their beds. You'll forgive me. I, I know I've shared this before, and please don't misunderstand my heart, but 
I don't think we have any idea what awaits us in glory when we're praising the Lord. I mean, this is just a taste, what we have now when we sing. But I think we hold back, and I'll, I'll even say that of myself sometimes. You know, we're all, I'll just kind of, you know, we'll, we'll just sing, Lord, I will give you all my worship. I will, you know, <laughs> really? You know, and, and we're afraid that, you know, I don't have the greatest voice, and so sometimes I get, you know, maybe concerned if I sing too loud, somebody's going to hear me, and they're going to, you know, and then God forbid you get the words wrong. Oh my goodness, and you're mortified, right? Make a joyful noise. A joyful noise. Sing aloud. Yeah, but I'm not very good. No, it doesn't matter. Sing aloud. Lift your voice up and praise Him. <laughs> now verse 6, I want you to kind of put this in your pocket for just a moment, because we're going to come back to it. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Hang on to that. Verse 7 to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute, verse 9, on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. And again, it ends the same way it begins. Okay. Will you just indulge me for just a bit? I want to point out a very powerful truth about spiritual warfare that's woven into the fabric of this magnificent psalm. When the psalmist writes in verse 6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You know what he's speaking of? He's speaking of the weapon that God has given us to praise the Lord with the word of the Lord. Praise God with the word of God. This is how we defeat the enemy. Let me explain. Satan hates it when we praise the Lord. You know why? Because he wanted to be praised. He wanted to be worshipped. That's why he was cast out of heaven. He wanted to ascend his throne above the Most High. He wanted to be worshipped. He was the worship leader after all, by the way. He was the angel of the music. Beautiful. And, and he got lifted up in pride and he exalted himself. And he declared, I will ascend my throne above the Most High. And then he was cast out of heaven to earth. And to this day, throughout all of the generations, he has gotten the worship of man. Uh, probably need to explain what I mean by that. You know when uh, these bands, these musicians have these concerts and you see these people at these concerts, they're, they're worshiping Satan unwittingly. But these musicians have sold their soul to the devil for rock and roll, for fame, 
for fortune. And that, that's, let me see if I can remember, very famous rock star. At the end of one of his concerts, this is many years ago, had an altar call for people to come forward at his concert. And some of them had hands laid on them, and they started speaking in an unknown language. Satan is the master counterfeiter. He can counterfeit everything. There's one thing he cannot counterfeit, the resurrection. He cannot counterfeit a resurrection of the dead. Everything else he can counterfeit. He tries to imitate and counterfeit the Holy Spirit. But it's an evil spirit. It's a demonic spirit. And that is what, that's where he's getting his praise and his worship. And by the way, there's a distinction, a delineation between praise and worship. Just because I, I praise somebody doesn't mean I'm worshiping them. Like for example, I can praise David and Gail for a job well done, or Chris, and, and, and I can give them praise. But that doesn't mean I'm worshiping them. To praise somebody is to acknowledge them, because they're worthy. They, de- they deserve it. But worship, well, that's a whole different animal. That's where you're paying homage and you are worshiping them. Worship, the word worship comes from two words, worthship. Worship. He is worthy of all of our praise, all of our worship. Satan cannot stand it. Now I need to mention this, and, and please hear me out on this. Satan cannot stand it when you praise the name of the Lord. I do this out loud. I will say and sometimes sing, even when I don't feel like it, but I will always make sure to sing or say the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Satan hates that. I praise you, Jesus. I give you all my worship, all the glory. Do your name, Jesus. There is no other name, Jesus, like your name, Jesus. Oh my goodness. He's out of here. And not a moment too soon. That's what the psalmist is saying. When we praise the Lord, Satan has to flee. Now, that's the praise that we have in our mouth, but we have something in our hand. And it's a two-edged sword. You know what that is, right? The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6 says that, and it's the only offensive weapon in this spiritual armor that God has given us to battle against the enemy. And please know that we are not fighting the good fight of faith for victory. We are fighting from victory. The devil is already a defeated foe, and sometimes I like to remind him of that. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study and will continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. 
Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.